This is your invitation to the intersection of versatility and design. The kind of experience you can only find in a Lexus SUV. A feeling this empowering is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the versatility of the complete line of Lexus SUVs and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is the Big Ten Show brought to you by our good friends at Bookmaker. Check them out today for all the lines, for all the games, bookmaker.eu. Get a $100 free play just for signing up. Shoot them a tweet at bookmaker underscore EU today for your chance to win big. Check them out at bookmaker.eu. Everybody, welcome into another edition of the Big Ten Show. He's the almost famous Adam Carricker. I'm the much less famous Jeff Turn. Brought to you by Jacobson Seed Company, your healthy hybrid advantage for all your field needs, for corn, for the beans, for everything. Check him out at jacobsonseed.com today. Welcome in, Adam. How you doing, buddy? I'm great, and I love me some beans. My wife, not so much. All right, probably true. Uh, college, <laughs> college football playoff uh, committee came out with their inaugural rankings here uh last night and you know it's it's only the the first one so a lot's going to happen between now and the end of the season but it sort of gives us a, a depiction of what this specific committee remember the committee changes throughout time so what this specific group of humans is looking at as far as criteria and what's important to them sort of setting the stage for the rest of the season but we do have the ohio state at number one eight no record uh, representing the Big Ten. Georgia at number two, the defending two-time national champs, looking to three-peat, 8 no record. Michigan representing the Big Ten as well at number three. And then you have Florida State sitting there at number four at 8 no. The only other undefeated team from the Power Five sitting at number five is Washington. Rounding out that top six is Oregon at seven and one. Let's just start off the gate, Adam. Ohio State at one, Michigan at three. What'd you think of where the two Big Ten teams landed in the top four? So, real quick, Mr. Miami Education, I got I went to where N is for knowledge. Inaugural means first time ever. This is just the first rankings of this season, my friend. First time, but, okay. The inaugural 2023 ranking. There you go. Let's try to be somewhat accurate occasionally on this show. Hey, uh, I don't hate the rankings at all. Okay. I love when strength of schedule is emphasized because I hate the fact that the SEC doesn't play eight conference or nine conference games. I hate the fact that they take a second bye week, AKA the nobodies they play right before their rivalry games and they get away with it and they're never punished for it. They're never held accountable. In fact, all they do is benefit from it because it helps them and the pollsters don't hold it against them. So I would not have personally put Ohio state at number one, but I have no issue with, I just, I just don't believe they're the best team in the country. They have the most impressive wins they're rewarding strength of schedule. So I, I'm not going to argue with it. I don't think they're going to be at Michigan. Okay. And I don't think they're going to be in the CFP ultimately because of that loss to Michigan. And the other good teams are spread out throughout the, uh, throughout the other conferences. Right. And they're ultimately going to reward conference champions. Correct. But for right now, I got no problem with it. But if you're going to reward Ohio State's strength of schedule, how in the blue hell do you put Florida State and that LSU win does not look anywhere near as good as it once did? How do you put them? a team that has struggled several times this year in addition to, because that's the argument with Washington. They haven't looked good the past two weeks. How do you put Florida State ahead of Washington, who has beat the best one-loss team in the country in Oregon, who's ranked right behind them? 
That's my biggest issue in the entire top 10 is you got to be consistent with rewarding strength of schedule. But Ohio State at one, Georgia at two, Michigan at three. I'd personally have Ohio State at three. I would have Washington above Florida State. The only other quandary I had was I would have Penn State above Ole Miss, but that's neither here nor there. And I actually would have Air Force, if you go down the list a little bit. I would have Kansas in front of USC, because Kansas actually has a quality win, unlike USC, really. And I would have Air Force in front of USC, because USC just looks atrocious right now. And so I would, that, that's really the only other changes I would personally have myself. So I really didn't go outside like the top eight because I, I, I don't really think outside of Alabama that any of these teams are probably going to make the college football playoff. So specifically for the playoff Air Force, purposes. Air Force is getting in over Ohio State. No, I'm just kidding. So I, I thought a couple <laughs> of things from, from where these teams are sitting at. Number one, I think if you, if you just want to go off of face value here, uh, Florida State at four doesn't bother me too much because Ohio State and Michigan are going to play. And the loser of that, presumably would be out, except depending on how much they value Ohio State at one, because we have seen it. Ohio State didn't even make the Big Ten title game last year, and they got in. So I think if if they really, really value Ohio State, maybe the Washington spot at five could be a problem because of this. If they went out, and that means they beat Oregon again, they they presumably would not jump over top of um, you know Florida State if uh, you know th- the way that the committee has it set up now. So you have Ohio State at one, Georgia at two, Michigan at three, Florida State at four, Washington on the outside looking in. If all those teams went out, Florida State, Washington, and Georgia, you would assume right by right, they're conference champs, they'd be in, and then Ohio State or Michigan would be the fourth team. However, sometimes they throw us a little wrinkle, so maybe Ohio State being one and Washington being five, if every team won out except for Ohio State and they lose to Michigan in the conference championship game, maybe both Michigan and Ohio state would get in Georgia and Florida state. Washington would be on the outside looking in. However, I would also say if you look at the rest of the schedule, Florida state, if they went out, won't be as impressive as Washington winning out in the PAC 12, including what would probably be a rematch of Oregon in the PAC 12, in the PAC 12 title game. And you're sitting there with Oregon at presumably number six, if they went out to get to that position. So just some early thoughts on it. I mean, it's, it's going to play a lot out on the field. We Mm -hmm. understand that Um, it's not something where we think, um, you know, the, the committee was atrocious with their rankings today, but it's interesting to see sort of how much they value Ohio State in those two big wins they have against Penn State and Notre Dame. There's a lot of ball left to play. These are just sure. our inaugural reactions to the inaugural rankings. Okay. I, I do like that they value strength of schedule. You just got to be consistent with it was my only point. If I'm concerned, there, there may be a, a one-loss Power 5 conference champion left out. And right now, Texas and especially Oklahoma are the teams that should be concerned because it looks like they'd be the ones on the outside. And just to go back real quick to the Air Force thing, here's why it stood out to me. The top-ranked group of five team gets in to a New Year's Six bowl game, and right now I would have them ahead of Tulane. The college football playoff committee has Tulane ahead of Air Force. So right now, if the season were over, Air Force, and this a lot of ball left, would not be in a New Year's Six bowl game. We will get rankings every Tuesday moving forward, except for the final rankings, which will come out on a Sunday. He's Adam Carricker, former NFL defensive end, former Husker. I'm Jeff Turn. This is the Big Ten Show brought to you by Jacobson Seed Company. Any other thoughts on that, or can we move on to baby Ferentz? <laughs> I want to move on to daddy and baby Ferentz. So real quick, so we've had Mitch Sherman on this show before. So I brought him on my show that I do, 93.7, uh, the ticket there in Lincoln. And so I went out of my way when I brought him on to call them Daddy Ferentz and Baby Ferentz. 
He went out of his way without so much as saying a word to say Kirk Ferentz and Brian Ferentz. He's way more professional than I am. That, way that more professional. Way more. Well, as as many of you saw this week, um, Brian Ferentz is gonna gonna step away uh, at the end of the year and will not be the offensive coordinator for Iowa. Um, I don't think that that's a surprise. What 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 will be a surprise to me, and this is just going off of kind of in my neck of the woods. If the athletic director there at, at Iowa, new athletic director, decides to fire Kirk Ferentz and not have him retire, that would be shocking to me. Now, if he retired, I could understand that a little bit more, and then you start to talk about all the names that'll be thrown out there for that position. But if they're letting baby Ferentz step away on his own. I don't see why they wouldn't do the same thing to Kirk Ferentz unless he digs his heels in and says, no, I'm not doing that. You're going to pay my buyout. We're going to do the whole nine yards of you firing me, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know that firing Kirk Ferentz is, or even telling him to resign is the right thing for Iowa. Um, they aren't, they don't have bad records, man, under Kirk. It's just, it hasn't looked pretty and, and it hasn't evolved. It hasn't gotten significantly better offensively. Here's an opportunity though. Baby Ferentz steps aside for you to go get that young hot commodity at OC and say, listen, I can adapt with the with the times. Get him. You guys compete, you know, in the top five of the Big Ten next year where it's totally different. You don't have the the uh the the leaders and legends or the East and the West. Uh so I think it's gonna be interesting. It's something to follow, but it is not a shock at all to me that Brian Ferentz is out. So real quick, can you hear the dinging that's going on on my side? No. I hope you can. Good, because I don't know how to shut it off. Okay, so I'm glad you can't hear it. So a couple of things. Right off the top, uh, I am going to call him Brian Ferentz for the rest of the day because anytime a man loses his job, I have a whole lot of respect for the hard work that goes into being a Division I football coach. So I'm going to call him Brian Ferentz for the rest of the day out of respect for the hard work that goes into being a coach. And I'll I'll go back to what I previously called him later on in shows. Now – There's no way you let go of Kirk Ferentz if you're Iowa. Fire, let go, ask to resign. It's ridiculous. Great special teams, great defense, more defensive touchdowns since 2017, which has helped Brian Ferentz's offense look better than they are until this year when they weren't able to score as many defensive touchdowns, and they've still scored a bunch on special teams and defense, and it wasn't a fair catch. Yeah, anyways, I digress. My point is this. Iowa's a really good football team. They just need to join the 21st century in offense. And if they do, as a Nebraska person, I I actually kind of dread that. So I think you do everything you can to hold on to Kirk if he's willing to stay. Maybe he doesn't want to if his son obviously isn't coming back. So if you're Iowa, you try to hold hold on to him. Now, I've seen this a couple of places. Scott Frost. He's a great offensive mind. He's a not great head coach. Okay, lightning in a bottle, UCF, UCF, tons of talent, turned it around, couldn't do it at Nebraska. What if Iowa hired him as their offensive coordinator? He's a great offensive mind. If he doesn't have to be in charge of the culture and developing a rep, uh, 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 I can't think of the word, but relationship with the entire team and he can just focus and his life can be more simplistic, he's really good at that. Also, man. That Iowa-Nebraska rivalry would instantly be one of the top three in the country, in my opinion. No, I agree with you, man. I think that name will come up. There'll be many more. But, yeah, the thing about it now happening is that they can start. I think this sort of leads me to think that maybe Coach Ferentz will be back for sure as head coach, and they'll start to have that search occur 
for a offensive coordinator. He's Adam Carricker. I'm Jeff Turn. All right, man, we're going to get to the previews of the games this weekend in just a second here on the Big Ten Show, but go ahead. I, I apologize. Uh, you asked me if I was done with the CFP, and I had looked up this stuff, and I for, completely forgot to share it. Is it is it cool if I run through it really quick? Fire, fire away. All right, current consecutive weeks ranked by the College Football Playoff Selection Committee out of 55 rankings. Alabama, 55 weeks in a row. Ohio State, 55 weeks in a row. Georgia, 36 weeks in a row. Oregon, 14 weeks in a row. Michigan, 13 in a row. Utah, 12 in a row. And also the most appearances in the college football playoff rankings all time out of 55 total rankings, Alabama, Ohio State, 55. Do you know who number three is? And don't think recent, like as in the past year or two. Think the early years of the college football LSU. playoff. Close. Clemson. Oh, They were always at the top with 51, Oklahoma, 47, Notre Dame, 44, Georgia, 43. I'm just going to I'm going to leave the numbers off and go through the schools. Next is Utah, LSU, Michigan, Oklahoma State's up here, Oregon, USC, Wisconsin, Penn State, Auburn, Florida, Baylor, Iowa, Michigan State. Don't forget on this list, Mississippi State, when good old Dak was there in 2000, I think 14, 15, whatever it was, they were actually number one at one point. Yep. I just thought that was interesting. That is very interesting. All right, man, let's get your power rankings for the Big Ten. Let's hear them so I can critique them. Yeah. All right, go ahead. So the top three was easy. The order was a little bit more challenging. Why don't you actually, why don't you go, I want you to go bottom to top. Bottom three was really easy. The the order was a little bit more challenging. Okay, so I have Indiana at the bottom, and it's because they've allowed, of the Purdue, Michigan State, and Indiana, which were easily the three teams at the bottom, they by, by far allowed the most amount of points. Then I've got Michigan State. They've lost six in a row. If they lose to Nebraska, like they're predicted to, it's going to be seven games in a row. All right, Purdue, they've actually got the toughest strength of schedule of just about anybody in the Big Ten when you look at the fact that they've played all Power Five teams except for Fresno State, who only has one loss this year. So they have a pretty good strength of schedule. They've also scored the most amount of points, four out of those bottom three teams. Then you got Illinois, who thumped Purdue at number 11. You got Northwestern at 10. They're four and four. They might go to a freaking bowl game, dude. That's that crazy considering where they were. Yeah, that's wild. So they just beat Maryland, but Maryland's five and three. Northwestern's four and four. So I gave Maryland the slight edge. Although, honestly, I do think Northwestern will probably jump ahead of Maryland here in a week or two because uh, Maryland's lost three in a row. They ain't been the same since they lost to Ohio State. They've lost three in a row. They're actually two and three in the Big Ten. And as I mentioned, they just lost to Northwestern. Five through eight was the most challenging, okay? They're all in the Big Ten West. They're the four teams tied at three and two in the conference for the Big Ten West lead, okay? So I'm just going to list the teams, not the order, just yet. Iowa, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Nebraska, okay? I put Iowa at the top for now. I think they're going to fall. I said all year before the season, they're going to have an offensive identity crisis because of this whole contract thing with Brian Ferentz, and now he's going to not be returning. That's just going to create more issues. The players aren't going to – they probably didn't respect him a lot to begin with because they haven't had success, and now it's going to be even worse on offense. But I, they're 6-2. and two. They have the best overall record, and they played some decent teams. So I have them at 5. Okay. I have Wisconsin at 6, but they lost their top two running backs, their top receiver, their top quarterback. They're going to fall quick, I think. Minnesota at 7 because they beat Nebraska at 8. Now, not just because I'm a Nebraska alum. Nebraska, I think, is playing the best football of anybody in the West the past three weeks. And if they'd stop putting the ball on the ground, 89,000 plays a game, these games wouldn't even be close. And they still won by 17 last weekend with five fumbles. So I have a Nebraska at eight, but I do think they're going to zoom, and I actually think they're going to win the Big Ten West. Okay, so at four, I have Rutgers. The top four teams are all Big Ten East. All right, top three. 
Number three. Do you have any critiques so far, by the way? Keep going. I'm going to get you at the end. Okay. Number three, I got Penn State. The big debate was one and two with Michigan, Ohio State. I still, I think Michigan is the better team. Okay. And so I have Michigan at one, Ohio State at two. I think this is the best Michigan team out of the past three years. They've won the Big Ten the past two years. They beat Ohio State the past two years. And I know what Ohio State's done with their strength of schedule and their wins, but I think this is ultimately going to be the least good. I'm trying to phrase this nicely because they have done some good things this year. The least good Ohio State team of the last three years. So I got Michigan 1, Ohio State 2, Penn State 3. I am actually agree with you on Nebraska. I think Nebraska has been playing the best football in the Big Ten West the last three weeks. I do not see them um, not representing the Big Ten West in Indianapolis, man. And, and all of that should go on the shoulders of Matt Rule, right? Mm -hmm. Like he kept it together early when they were struggling. He has made all the right decisions. Now you you can't, I don't think always, um, you know, you can, you can coach him up all you want, but sometimes players have to make plays or not turn over the football. So that problem has to be shored up. And I think, you know, long-term three years from now, we're not going to look at Nebraska and be like, oh, they're just a turnover machine. Mm -hmm. I think, I think a lot of that is personnel right now. And that personnel will change over the next couple of years. I think my biggest disappointment, and and I'm with you where they're at, and I think you could slot them. But Maryland, man, like that that team could have gotten bowl eligible. They were up against Northwestern. They blew that lead. They lose that game, and um, they don't deserve to be where where we thought they were earlier on in the year. And I, I don't know that I would put. I don't. I still don't know. I still don't know if Rutgers is a good football team. Like I think they're solid. I, I, I guess they are. Um, you have them all the way up at number four. So um, that's that's a pretty big pretty big spot for him. I'd probably put Nebraska above Rutgers. If you played that thing at a neutral side, I'd probably take Nebraska. Uh, so I would put Nebraska at four and then I would put Rutgers at five. Um, and then as far as one through three, yeah, I got Penn Hold State. On. You said Nebraska at four? Dude, yeah. that's what I'm talking about. Go ahead. Yeah, I'd have Nebraska at four. Yeah, I'd move, I'd move, yeah, yeah, that's what you like. <laughs> uh, and, then, and then at number three, for sure, Penn State. And then my question about Michigan is this. Ohio State beat Penn State and Notre Dame. Do you think Michigan is significantly better than both of those teams? I think this is the best Michigan team of the past three years. And I thought Do you think Michigan they're significantly better than Notre Dame and Penn State? Yes. Okay. Now I do. Now you yes. do? Okay. I, I, I still can't get on board with Michigan being like, oh yeah, they're better, they're gonna beat Ohio State because their strength of schedule is 111th in the country. And so mm -hmm. that's fair. When, when that's fair. I haven't seen it yet. Seen you beat up a bunch of bunch of teams and crush them and shut them down defensively. If I see you do that at the the next four weeks and into that game against Ohio State, then yeah, man, like watch out Georgia, watch out Washington, Florida State, whoever. You're gonna have a hard time beating Michigan in the college football playoff. Um, I still think when they get in the college football playoff, man, they're gonna have to air it out. And you know, JJ McCarthy's played really well, uh, but I still want to see it against a good defense. And we saw they could score last year against TCU, but TCU's defense wasn't great. We saw that against Georgia. Um, and I, I think Ohio State deserves to be number one. With the resume, Michigan can jump them. They're going to play each other. But Ohio State is the two best wins in the country, and they have been playing really good football. So I would put Ohio State at one. I have no problem if Michigan's at one, though. Like, I get it. Um, they, are, they are really talented this year. And I probably wouldn't argue that this is the best team they've had uh, since Harbaugh's been there. I think – and when I say this is the least good Ohio State team they've had, I still don't trust the O-line. I still don't trust the quarterback. I think Ryan Day should be up for coach of the year. I love their skill guys on offense, and I love their defense. But at some point, 
their offensive line is going to actually have to be good and their quarterback's actually going to – and I know what he did against Notre Dame. Uh, and, but the rest of the game, he didn't look great. Okay, I do think Michigan is being punished, maybe rightfully so, for sign-stealing gate. Okay, so I, I do think that that's part of it as well. And with the rest of my rankings, it's where the teams are right now. Like yeah. I, two weeks from now, because you'll do next week when I when I do this two weeks from now, I fully expect Iowa, Wisconsin, Maryland to be swapped with Nebraska, Rutgers probably to fall. I just have Rutgers at four because everyone else is five and three or worse. That's not Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, and Rutgers and Iowa are six and two. So I'm going right. off record, and then I went Rutgers ahead of Iowa, but I expect them maybe both to fall, um, especially you know where Rutgers has got some you know, Penn State and Ohio State coming up. He's Adam Carriker. I'm Jeff Turn. This is the Big Ten Show brought to you by Jacobson Seed Company. Let's run through these games this weekend. We got a full slate throughout the Big Ten. I may skip over a couple, but Ohio State and Rutgers, uh, I, I think this game's going to be closer than the 18.5 point spread. You know, you think about what McCord's been able to do uh, offensively. Um, you know, it, it is it's pretty impressive, man. Um, what 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 McCord's been able to do, 14 touchdowns, three interceptions. Uh, I think Ohio State wins this one, but I think Rutgers gives them a hard time in this game. Ohio State by 17, so I'm with you. They don't quite cover. Okay, Wisconsin and Indiana. I just I, Wisconsin could get bowl eligible, and then they can just start stacking wins after that to try to see what the best bowl they can get in in year one under Luke Fickle. You can't stumble against a team that's 0-5, and, and it makes me a little nervous because the spread is only 9, 9.5 uh, as Indiana hosts this game. I still think Wisconsin wins. I take Wisconsin by 10. They're just going to struggle with all those guys out I mentioned earlier, but they're Indiana's awful. Speaking of lines that may scare you, Nebraska only a three point favorite on the road against Michigan State and a big whopping 34 and a half over under number here. <laughs> Still too high of an over under. I got Nebraska 20 to six if they okay. don't. I, yeah, either way. I they're going to fumble a ton. I still got them by two TDs. Yeah, I don't think Michigan State gets their first win of the season here. I think they're just going to continue to rush that football, rush that football, rush that football down Michigan State's throat. I think that they'll be okay. Penn State and Maryland, a nine and a half point spread here. You know, this is one of those tricky games where Maryland has lost three in a row. Penn State has that one blemish, but man, I just, I don't see how there's any way that Maryland beats Penn State in this game. So this is kind of an old-school mini rivalry game right. back before Penn State joined the Big Ten in 94. Uh, it's Maryland. I don't know what to expect. Are, are they the not-so-great Maryland of the past three to four weeks, or are they going to get pissed off and come back like they were early to midseason? I don't know. I'm going to take Penn State, but Maryland could get ran right off the field, or it could come down to like a one-two-point game. I don't know what to make of the the, the spread. So we have Minnesota and Illinois afternoon on the Big Ten Network. And, you know, you, you see a team in Minnesota that's very balanced. And balanced is sort of, I think, a, a, a fair word to say. But they, they have only averaged 140 yards passing per game, 174 yards rushing, uh, 226 through the air, 139 on the ground for Illinois. Uh, ESPN Analytics has Minnesota as a 60% favorite to win this game. Spread is two. I will take Minnesota at home. And if this was on the road, I'd take Illinois, but I'm going to take Minnesota at home in this game. That's exactly what I was going to say. I was going to say if it was flipped, I'd take Illinois. Uh, so Minnesota, I don't think is that good this year, but they're kind of one of those teams that are kind of like Iowa. They just kind of find ways to win, especially the games they should, which Nebraska is finally doing this year if you're a Husker fan. Okay, so I'm going to take, because Minnesota's 5-3, and three, Illinois is 3-5, but I think they're mirror images of each other. I'm going to go Gophers because they're at home, just like you. 
Finding ways to win. I think Iowa will do that this week. Again, ESPN Analytics says Iowa's a 78% chance favorite to win over Northwestern. Northwestern, though, as we said, man, they they just continue to surprise a lot of people with the way that they play. Um, and, and I think this is going to be one of those grinded out games. If Northwestern starts to score points, though, man, Iowa's going to be done because they just can't hang right now offensively with anyone in the Big Ten. But I do think Iowa gets this win this week and picks up their uh, seventh win of the season. Dude, this was the hardest game to predict of all of them because how is Iowa going to respond to the news about their offensive coordinator? Northwestern com- com- continues to compete and battle and, frankly, play over their head. Uh, I was tempted. You know what? I am. I'm going to do it. I, w- I had a Iowa. I was tempted to take Northwestern. Then I am going. was going to go Iowa. I'm going Northwestern. They're going to pull off the shocker. He's got the shocker happening there at Wrigley Field, by the way, is where this game will be played in Chicago. Like this is, yeah, this is not at, at Northwestern Field. It's at Wrigley Field. And finally, Purdue and Michigan. Uh, this is going to be really ugly. 32 and a half <laughs> is the spread. Michigan wins by 35, man. Dude, Nebraska won by 17, and they fo- they lost four fumbles. Uh, yeah. yeah, if Nebraska wins by 17 and putting the ball on the ground that much, what'd you say, Michigan 35? No, the, Michigan the, wins by 35. Wins by 35. Golly, we're agreeing way too much today. I was going to say that, too. I'm going to go Michigan 34 just to not agree with you entirely. They still cover, though, 32 (laughs) Yes, they still cover. (laughs) I will see what happens with that and all the games throughout the country because, obviously, it now impacts the college football playoff rankings moving forward. That was fun, man. As always, he's the almost famous Adam Carricker. I'm the much less famous Jeff Turn. Thanks to Jacobson Seed Company for bringing you the Big Ten Show. Check us out on iTunes, Spotify, Believe, Sports Illustrated, and, of course, 97 Boy Through the Ticket. Uh, all our friends down there as well. Check us out on YouTube and uh, make sure you hit the like and subscribe buttons as well. As another page has turned here on the Big Ten Show, we'll check in sooner rather than later, y'all. Be well. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.